Shara. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Style with Shara. So today I have a guest that I'm super excited about. One, because I talk about a lot of brands on here, but this is a brand that I wear a lot. So I'm extra excited. I love to hype things that I actually have experienced buying and actually wearing on a regular basis. Um, so you probably heard her tagline, fashion made me do it, but I don't want you to just know her tagline. I want you to know her. So we're going to get right into it. I'm talking to the owner and CEO of Fashion Made Me Do It by House of Rehab, Ashley Jackson. Hello. Hey, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining. No problem. Thank you so much for asking me. Of course. Of course. So I'm excited because, like I said, I have a personal connection to this brand. When I first saw your, I don't even remember how I saw your bag. Um, probably, I'm pretty sure just like scrolling on my IG. And I don't remember if it was an influencer who had it or if it was an ad. But I just know when I saw your bag, it was calling my name because it's literally my life. <laughs> Fashion made me do it. And I love that it's a bag that looks high end, even though, but it, it still has that streetwear appeal because it's hand painted. Um and you don't just have your bag, you have a bunch of other products. But I want to start from the beginning, because um, I always like to ask how people first got their passion for what it is that they do. So tell me a little bit about how you first, like, first fell in love with fashion. Um, I've always been interested in fashion. Like, I remember probably being in like the third grade, like I would, I had to say it, like I stayed in the after school program. Um, okay. And so I would draw, I've always been able to draw stuff. So I would like draw designs and I had my friend, that was like my best friend at the time. So I had her sell them to people. Oh. The after school program. <laughs> so, um, and then I would always like sketch out designs and I kept them like my mom has like a whole book of stuff that I drew probably from like the age of like 10 and 12 wow. um, and so I would always watch the style network before school like watching all of the fashion shows um, <laughs> and then I knew I wanted to be a designer so I was requesting like college catalogs from like Parsons because that's where all the designers on the tv show went right. to so I've always known that um, I went the high school I went to. They had like a it was a college prep school, so we okay. had the opportunity to choose majors. So I studied fashion in high school, and then in college I studied um, fashion merchandising and marketing. So okay, it's wow. like the only thing that I've wanted to do. Wow. Okay. So. I love when I hear people saying, like, I've been knew what I wanted to do since I was young. Because, like, I feel like that's kind of how I was. Like, I dabbled in a lot of different things. But whatever I was doing, it always kind of came back around to fashion. Because, like, I would be in pageants. And, of course, my favorite part would be looking for my costumes and things like that. So I love when I hear, like, people who actually stuck to what it is that they first fell in love with. I just think that's because life can be very fleeting. Like, mm -hmm. we can grow up being very passionate about something. But then life hits us bills hit us and we're not able to really like follow through on those passions so I love to hear people who've had a dream since they were children and like still going after what it is that they do so um when I was doing my research on you and how you got your start because I always like to do my research before I talk to somebody 
Um, I learned that House of Rehab actually started because you would, um, I guess you could say like rehabilitate, if that's a word, mm-hmm. <laughs> rip the pieces. But now, you know, with your hand painted accessories and everything that with that going, like getting a lot of good feedback and everything's turning into a whole brand and along with your other clothing, um, what was that process like? Like going from something where it's like, kind of just a hobby just like a creative outlet mm-hmm. so now it's like a full-fledged business um I would say I started the brand in 2014 and okay it has been it's evolved it started as like um a t-shirt line and then it went into like vintage pieces and kind of like buying them from a thrift store and redoing them or rehabbing them and then it, I really started focusing on more of like my designs and I would say probably in like 2018 is when I really tried to be focused and consistent and that's really where I saw the brand kind of I wouldn't say take off but it I really started to see the results of my work right and so it's just really been like just kind of staying focused on what I've always wanted it to be and right. kind of make that happen because for so long it kind of seemed like so out of reach but when you like really sit down and be focused on something you can figure it out and it's really not that hard so that's been my main focus for like the last two to three years okay yeah I definitely can personally attest to that I feel like once you begin to stop treating something like it's just a hobby mm-hmm. Like it's like your side, your side chick or your side guy. Like I feel like it's the same principles in business. Like you get out what you put in it. Like even with relationships, it's the same thing as business. Like once you lock in and focus on one particular um, outlet and you put all your energy into it, I feel like that's when you get to see your labor. And it's not right away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what discourages a lot of people. But yeah. it's like once you get it, you get like all the interest on it too. Like once it hits you, like opportunities start to to attract you or you start to attract certain opportunities from things that you might have done years ago hard work that you might have been putting in consistently you know years ago Mm -hmm. so that's what's up that you finally like once you saw that that your energy had to match it that that's when you started to see it take off a little bit more for you so um another thing that I did notice is just when I first started looking through your site I was like okay so she has some sweatsuits um that has like the fashion made me do it she has um like hoodies and tees but a lot of brands that become known for like a certain tagline or quote you'll notice a lot of them start to market themselves as more of a streetwear brand and they'll only stick to tees and hoodies Mm -hmm. but with you you give us you give us flannels you give us hand-painted handbags sweaters you give us sweaters like cardigans I I believe you have like you have a best dress cardigan Mm -hmm. Um, which looks like it's really warm. That's definitely in my cart. Um, you have, you even have like button down shirts, like mm-hmm. popular shirts, which I thought was so interesting because that's perfect for like the office woman who still wants to like keep it quote unquote office appropriate, but still wants to like express herself through her style. So tell me what made you decide to venture out into not just tees, but other more out of the box, like pieces for your brand. Um, It's always something that I've wanted to do. But um, you'll see a lot of brands start with T-shirts and like those more like casual items because those are the easiest things to do. So you can buy T-shirts wholesale and have them printed. You can buy like hoodies and sweats and have those printed. And there's very like little 
investment in that. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I did for years because that's the it's the easiest thing to do. And I think I always tell people this when they ask me about doing products. I think it's a good place to start because it takes the least investment to get okay. done. Um, and it's always important to build up your brand because it's probably easier to get somebody to buy like a twenty or thirty dollar t shirt versus getting them to buy, you know, a fifty or a hundred dollar item out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, from there, I kind of what really pushed me was like. I wanted to do these different designs, but I was so limited into what was available from these wholesale companies that basically sell you like blanks and you can, you know, print your design on there. And I really wanted to do more. And I just felt like, okay, well, I'm not going to able be able to scale my design if I'm always like waiting on, you know, kind of at the mercy of what these wholesalers present and then I could on it so I just started researching like okay I thought about it actually probably like two years ago and um once I had somebody that was like putting me in touch with a factory that was actually in the states and it was just expensive um and I look back on it now and now I probably could get something made and I that amount that used to scare me I'm like oh okay like no problem that's what's up okay progress (laughs) <laughs> it's just once you decide like you want to do something um and you you know find out how much it costs then you're like okay I'm gonna try this out and it is a larger investment you go from spending maybe like a couple hundred to now you're talking about a couple thousand and right. at first time it's scary because you're like okay I don't know if this is gonna work or you know if people are gonna like this and I'm spending all this money but then once it works then you're like, okay, well, what can I do next? So it's just kind of like just continually building on, okay, I did this and it worked. So it's possible. So let me figure out, you know, what else is that I want to do. And so that's really how things started. Like um, I wanted to do the flannel. Uh, I had done one before, which was more, it was something from a wholesale company. And I just kind of you know, design where I wanted the prints to be. And it was so expensive. I bet. To get it printed. And I really wasn't making a lot of money on it, but people loved the flannel. And so I was like, well, Yes, the flannel is so cute. I love the flannel. I really wanted, I was like, I really wanted to look different. So if I'm going to spend money, I might as well get it made how I want it to look and make sure it's something that I really love and stand behind. And so from there, I just kind of kept building on it. And I was like, okay, well, I did that. Well, I can get this made. And now I did that. Well, I could do this. So it's just, you know, once you get it, get something that works, you just keep building on that. That's what's up. It sounds like from what I'm hearing, like you're not afraid to take risks, which of course that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell is taking risks. Like a lot of people want to be in that position, but it's making decisions all day. That's all it is, is making those decisions and taking the risk and taking the L if it doesn't fall through. So um, that's what's up though. I think looking at the flannel, I'm not even much of a flannel person. I'm a little bit, my style is typically a little bit more girly, mm-hmm. but I love the saying on it. And I love that you have different prints, mm-hmm. which makes it different. You have like one color plaid on one side and then, you know, the pattern kind of switches up. So I think that is what's something that makes it stand out. And I can definitely tell that you thought about that from a strategic standpoint. So 
So something you said made me think about, um, like when you were talking about investing and people don't realize the numbers that go up and you have to make sure like the decisions that you're making are going to be profitable. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to talk about marketing strategy for a second. So because I know a lot of brands like today, they say that like, I hear a lot of people say they have a love hate relationship with influencers Mm -hmm. and brand ambassadors, especially like businesses that you know, don't have like a crazy marketing budget, like maybe like your mainstream, like Forever 21 or something where I'm sure they have tens of thousands of dollars to spend specifically on marketing. Um, So I'm curious as to what your stance is on influencers. Like, do you find them valuable to your particular business model or do you just feel like they're, you know, you could take them or leave them or do you have any particular brand ambassadors or influencers that you're currently working with with House of Rehab? Um, I think it's been like a natural like evolution. So if you look like in the nineties, like it was supermodels and then the two thousands it was celebrities that started getting on the magazine covers and that's kind of who you look to for like outfits and you know, who are the new designers and now with social media is mostly like people wanna look at everyday people they can, you know, more so relate to. Um I don't think it's a terrible thing. Um, I personally haven't used a influencer. Like I haven't, I think it depends on if it's somebody that really loves your brand. Like I have um, a brand ambassador, but it's somebody that already loved the brand. And I'm okay. I love, like it was a mutual relationship. I love how they produce content and they already love the brand. So it works versus just, um, you know, you have those like big name influencers and people may reach out to them just because they have a lot of followers. And I don't have like personal experience with that, but I think it has to make sense um, right. because you can tell when it's just somebody that, you know, they're just taking whatever comes in. So they may post mm-hmm you know one type of style because that's you know who reached out to them and they may post something else like it just you can tell when it's just not authentic um right so I will always recommend to people like reach out to somebody where it's a mutual relationship that makes sense like if it's somebody that already kind of loves what you're doing or they can easily it looks like they kind of have that style of the that you're going after Okay, so yeah, it has to match the aesthetic yeah. of you know what they're already doing. I can definitely attest to that. I feel like I've seen that a lot, especially recently with like um, certain people who are up and coming, even like certain musicians or artists, and they're finally getting all this free product. But either they might not have a stylist to style it to make it look like it's in line mm-hmm. with their style, or you're right, it does look very commercial. Like, hey, buy this. I'm wearing this because like I would never wear this on my everyday but I'm putting it on because I'm getting paid to rock yeah. it. So I definitely agree. Like I, I'm a hundred percent all for organic relationships. I feel the same way about my network. Um, you know, with being a stylist, it's a little bit different. I feel like a lot of stylists are like wolves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we're always looking to like connect with people. And a lot of times with some people, it can come off a little forced because you want to hustle, but you don't want to overbear people. And you also, like you said, you want everything to look like it's meant to be right. there. Like it, it's, it's and it's meant to mesh with and that your brand message is aligning with the people who you're working with brand message even if it doesn't even if you guys have different interests like overall 
like the character and the integrity of the brand message is something that should be sustained. So I totally agree. Um, now, one other thing that I noticed is that, um, so pretty much like all of your pieces, they're really versatile. Like I know my runway bag um, of yours that I have, I've worn that with heels and a skirt. I throw it on when I'm just in a hoodie and some jeans. Like it really is like an outfit finisher. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. Um, I noticed you have a lot of like layering pieces. Um, like I said, your best dress cardigan, which is like perfect, a perfect staple sweater. And you have your boyfriend flannels, which is another great layering piece of yours. So when you're designing, is that something that you're like, intentionally doing like do you particularly go for pieces that can be layered or is that something that just is that just the way that you dress in real life and that's just a reflection that's coming out in your brain um I would definitely say I want the I feel like if you're gonna spend money on something like you should be able to wear it and style it multiple ways so that it fits you so that's more so the intent behind it like I want people to be able to wear it so that it reflects their style because you can see some items you're like oh that's cute but I would never wear it versus right. you know I want you to see that I would be like oh I like that I can fit that into my wardrobe and into my style so that's mostly the intent behind the designs is you know allowing people to because it's an investment you buy something yeah, even if it's you know fifty dollars and affordable that's right. you still want it to you know, you don't want to wear it and then that's it. Because there, it is some stuff like that. You're like, okay, well, I wore this and now what I, you know, I'm not going to really repeat that. So I want you to right. be able to get it and have multiple ways to style it and make sure like it can fit into multiple people's wardrobe. And it's not just, you know, one type of look for one person. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like everybody who's seen me, like they know that bag. <laughs> Um, like they, they know, I remember I left it at work one day and like everybody knew it was my bag. <laughs> Cause that's just like, it's just, it's, you have staple pieces, but like, like you said, you can wear it with a dress. You can wear it with a hoodie. Like it's something that you can wear where it's like, you're not intimidated by it. And I love that your pieces have like a high fashion appeal in my eyes, but they also have a round away girl appeal. So it's like, you know, you're meeting both of those markets you're making. I feel like your brand is like the perfect compromise. And I always tell people, I feel like your brand, when people ask me where I get my bag from, like, I'm like, she has something for everybody. Like, even if you're not a girly girl, like, but you know, you have sweatsuits. So like, I feel like you've done a great job, like creating good com community pieces where people don't feel excluded. So shout out to you for that. So um let me think I know I wanted to ask you personally what your favorite piece or your favorite product that you've designed so far um I would say right now it's probably the everything bag um just because that gave me so much anxiety <laughs> really? um so I knew, like, people would always ask me, like, I had the runway bag, which is a smaller, like, crossbody or shoulder side bag. And then people mm -hmm. would ask me, like, oh, like, do you have a larger bag? And so the runway bag, I basically, I was buying those wholesale and then I paint them. And so right. it was kind of the same thing with the clothes. Like, I was kind of at the mercy of, like, what was available. And then I was just like, okay, well you know, I really want it to be like this, but it would have to be something that I had like custom made. 
And so I just, you know, did the research on it and found a factory and was like, okay, like I want to do this. And just getting the pricing back, like for the sample, I was like, okay, like I'm, okay, I'm going to put the money into the sample. And then got the sample back and I was like, well, I really was tired of painting the decks. It's a lot of work. Um, I can imagine. I was like, well, uh, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend about it. He was like, well, why don't you just get them printed? Like, see how much that is. So getting the price on that. And that was a ridiculous amount. And so I was just like, okay, well, let me just get the sample and see how it goes. And even the, like, the person I was working with at the factory was basically like, are you sure you're going to, like do this order because basically you're going to spend so much money like getting the sample made because you have to they have to make a mold for your print and that's a couple hundred dollars and she was like I just don't want you to waste your money like if you're not actually going to go through with this order and I was like at the time I didn't know if I was going to go through with the order but I was like okay let me just get the sample and see how it goes and just just saying like each step of the way, like I had no idea how I was going to get all this money to make this bag. And it just kept going. And then to finally see like the sample and I took it um, with me on a trip to LA and I kept getting like questions about it or everywhere I would go, people would be, would be like, I love that bag. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get the bag made and then getting it made and doing pre-orders and just seeing like the response from it and seeing um people carry their bag and tell me how much they love it or how they get compliments on it and so that's been i would say my favorite piece so far just like seeing how it started and now i'm looking back on it like okay well you know it it all worked out so that would be my favorite (laughs) that makes sense though that is exactly why i love just just asking people stuff because you just don't you don't people don't mm-hmm. know the process behind like the creative process behind things like they see you being consistent and coming out with new products but they don't know the story behind your products and like how you can take so many L's beforehand before people even see mm-hmm. a sample you know so I love the fact that like you were smart enough to be like your own ambassador first and try it out try out your sample which I feel like that's a great tip just moving forward for a lot of um entrepreneurs or boutique owners who are aspiring boutique owners who might be listening like if you have an idea and you feel like it's going to be a bomb idea but you don't want to take that L just yet on the manufacturing side like on getting everything processed and having a whole bunch of quantities left on your hands like do how Ashley did and like actually wear your product and see or even get a friend to wear your product and see how the response is and how people gravitate towards it so that was definitely a gem that you just dropped for us um I also wanted to ask you because you've been in business for over mm-hmm. four years at this point basically um so definitely congrats on that because a lot of people don't even really understand how it is to how hard it is to like maintain a brand for six months let alone like year after year so you should definitely be proud of yourself for hitting that milestone like four times over um so what would you say is your proudest moment so far with your brand? Like, what was the moment where you were like, oh, okay, I'm going to just do something with this? Um, I would probably say, like, for 2018, I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to either, like, give my all to the company and see if it works. Because I was basically at a point where I was like, you know, this isn't really making any money. And I'm just constantly spending money trying to make this work. And it just really wasn't going how I wanted it to go. And so I was like, I'm going to give myself all of 2018 to really like 
you know, not operate in fear. I'm going to, if it's something I want to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the money into it and, you know, constantly just be consistent. And I was like, if it doesn't work after that, then I'll just stop doing, like, I'll just, you know, stop the company. And so I would say like during all of that for 2018, like I had my biggest year yet. And then that just kind of kept overflowing. So 2019 was a bigger year. And like right now, I know it's going to be a bigger year than 2019, just the way things are going. So I would say like just kind of just being focused and kind of like putting that pressure on myself, like, you know, really to be consistent and kind of put my all into it. And I was like, okay, if it doesn't work, then it just doesn't work. But I know like I did all the stuff that I wanted to do. And so just kind of seeing the results of that, um, you know, is really, I would say my proudest moment. Wow. That's what's up. I think that's, that's crazy that like, you almost kind of like did reverse psychology on Mm -hmm. yourself. (laughs) Like, like basically told yourself, like, look, you got this little bit of time to get it together. And then it works. Like, cause I think sometimes we do get in a comfort zone. Like I know that happens for me sometimes, even this situation right now with everybody being quarantined, like I think it's put a certain fire under me because I'm not, I'm limited creative creatively I'm not able to go out and just do whatever it is I want to do for my brand today and I think a lot of business owners are feeling that and um, I think sometimes when you get in a comfort zone like it takes certain things or for you to get to a breaking point for it to shake you up and to put that fire back under you for you to get the results that you want so that's what's up that I actually did work in your favor Um, so I know we talked about the everything bag and the everything bag is huge and I'm probably gonna need it because I'm the type of person who puts my whole house, the whole room in my bag. Like, I like to have everything that I ever own in my bag. Um, but when I'm trying to keep it cute, I, I love my runway bag. So let's talk about my favorite product real quick from you. So the runway bag, I actually have in two colors. And I'm probably going to get more just because I'm crazy. Like, when it comes to something that I really, really like, I kind of become borderline obsessed. And because that bag is such an outfit maker, like in my in my everyday wardrobe, like I said, um, I have it in black, but I recently just bought it Mm -hmm. in rose gold, which I can't wait to wear because I actually this was pre quarantine. So it came in the mail, like when they first told us that we can't go outside. So I haven't had the chance to wear it out just yet, but it's in my closet (laughs) waiting on me. But I definitely want to get at least at least one more color, maybe red. But the red one always sells out on your site. So wish me luck with that. I'm going to keep an eye on the emails because I missed two restocks of this one at this point. But I did see you saying you're going to be redesigning the runway bag. So you don't have to give me like all the details, but in just a few words, maybe give us a hint of what we can expect with the new design of the runway uh, bag. I well, it's funny you said it because I don't have all the details. <laughs> you know, <so> basically... <laughs> I'm just tired of hand painting them. So I think in the future I will do like some special pieces that I hand paint, but it's just not, it's not feasible um, because I'll basically like order them at a time. And then I'm like, okay, I got to stay here and paint them all. And I guess because I'm a perfectionist, like I want it to be perfect when the person gets it. So like each bag I was painting, I was giving each bag probably about three coats just to make sure like it's, you know, it looks good. And then I was, 
Yes, like a, a top coat over it so that nothing it doesn't peel it doesn't crack so it was just no process and so wow. it's just not feasible um because when they come in i gotta do all of that before i can even you know put them up for sale so going forward i do want to um change a few things as far as like i'm gonna have the logo printed instead of painted just because it, i think it's better for longevity like you don't have to about it you know yes the paint or anything and then it just makes it easier they as soon as i get them i can make them available for sale and ship them out um i do want to just change a few things about the design maybe like the flap and i have things in my head but i haven't like sat down and fully designed it yet but that'll definitely okay. be coming probably in the i would say like august or september so Okay, cool. All right, well, I'm going to definitely keep my eyes peeled. Um, I am glad that I got one of the hand-painted ones because I just feel like it's definitely something that mm -hmm. it looks so authentic. Like, it looks so organic. And But I'm pretty sure whatever it is that you got coming up that is going to – everything so far that you've done has outdone your previous things. So I'm pretty sure it'll be bomb, whatever you come up with. Um, and I also think that it's interesting that, like, you're such a perfectionist that you do more than one coat on the bag thank you for that by the way because my bag has been through some things <laughs> it's been in a club it's been dropped on the new york streets <laughs> it's been everywhere so and it has kept up its paint job so thank you for being such a perfectionist and making sure that you create a quality product and by the way y'all her shipping is bomb as well i remember the first time i ordered my first order I think I got it two maybe three days later so for you like I've waited weeks and weeks for express shipping sometimes but I'm like I don't know if that's yeah. a mistake on their part or what but on some like major brands so like on some brands that have the muscle behind them to get my stuff to me on time so I really appreciate you know just not just your quality of your product but just like your customer service yeah I well. try and treat it I know like when I order stuff like I I want it to come like I don't want to wait a week for it <laughs> yeah, yeah like let's do here okay so another product that I saw that you have up on your site um, which I thought was really different and interesting because you mm -hmm. sell mostly clothing is your fashion mm -hmm. week survival guide. So tell me a little bit about that and what inspired you to create that and add it to your list of products. On um, site. Well, I actually, I went to fashion week for the first time in 2016. And so people would always ask me questions about it. And I knew like when I was researching, trying to go to fashion week, I didn't, I couldn't find a lot of information. Um, about like yeah, what to do like where to go how do I find out about shows or how do I get into shows or what am I supposed to do and I reached out to a lot of people and they either like didn't respond or they were just kind of like oh well it's going to be hard to get in and this and that so I had to do a lot of research on my yeah. own and then once I went um a lot of people were asking me questions about it so I kind of just compiled like all the information that I found um, and I actually released it, I want to say in 2017, I believe, um, on iTunes. But okay. so it was there. And then once I went back to Fashion Week this past September, I kind of updated it. And then um, I just put it on my website as an ebook with some updates um, just to make it easier for people to, to get and download. So it's basically like 
I'm by no means an expert, but it gives you just tips on um, how to find the calendar, like how to um, reach out to people about shows, what to expect when you go. So just a quick read and tips on all the information that it was really hard for me to find. No, I love that. I love that you did that because like you say, it's like a taboo thing. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like to talk about it. It's like you ask them a question, you're like, shoot right. for the stars, you'll get there. Like, and it's, it's really like frustrating as someone who's really trying to um, authentically come up and build a brand and not just go just for the sake of going, but to really, you know, build their network. Um, so I'm glad that you have that out there and definitely guys, make sure you check it out. It's definitely affordable. Ashley made it really affordable mm-hmm. for us. It's only $5. So if you plan on attending fashion week sometime in your life or your career, this could be a really helpful tool just to know what to be prepared for. And even like personally, one thing that I've learned from attending fashion week myself is to go for the experience, you know, like go with the humble attitude go to meet people and not just to be seen or with this expectation of being quote unquote discovered like yes it's a it's a celebratory time and a time where like a lot of creatives in this in the fashion industry you know stylists tastemakers designers like all these people we go and we showcase our style and our taste and our abilities but if you go with this like i guess you could say like this laser focus of overwhelming people trying to quote unquote like get put on I feel like that's when you miss all the opportunities to get connected and like inspired like actually organically and to just meet people who could actually have a lot of value to your network in the long term because you never know like you could bring value to each other over time instead of just focusing on that instant gratification or or you know just going for the sake of going and looking like you're on a certain level um, like I will always say just actually go when you do get a chance to go mm-hmm. and be a student of your craft and go to shows of up and coming designers not just trying to get into all the well-known names because you never know you could get connected with someone who may be considered up and coming or quote unquote underground but then two seasons mm-hmm. later they could be the one you know that, that's just how fashion is it changes so it changes so quickly and I feel like new brands and people um people who are just trying to get out there or people who are just trying to get put on is very obvious and they get pushed out of the spotlight so quickly sometimes so in and out of the spotlight just because that's how the fashion industry is but if you connect with somebody authentically um it always makes a difference and they always will remember you a lot more and especially if you're repping their brand before anybody else is repping their brand and you're telling them that you believe in their brand before they're everywhere on your feed so that's my two cents on that just to go and not just hustle but to learn and like observe and yes of course like connect with people but also just to soak in the culture and like take note of where it is now where fashion is now um but definitely you guys don't just take my word get Ashley's guide and see what she has to say on it because I'm definitely going to get it myself because I definitely want to see your take on it I'm always just trying to be a student of my craft and just get you know different ideas from different creatives so I also want to ask you, um, what is, because I know we talked about your proudest moment. So what's a moment where you were like, yeah, this ain't it. Like, (laughs) I'm ready to do something else. Like, I'm tired of this brand or I'm not moving. I know you talked about in 2018 or was that, was that Mm -hmm. before 2018? Yeah, that was when you first started to level up. Um, 
So was there a time before that or even after that where you just felt like, no, this is not going to work? And if you did overcome it, how did you overcome um, it? I would probably say like the first couple of years of the brand, just constantly trying to figure out. I don't think we, I had a clear understanding of what I wanted the brand to be. Um, and constantly okay. trying to like, especially with social media, you'll find yourself trying to be like, okay, well, this is working for these people. So let me try that and see if that'll work for me. And like, it would probably be a time where somebody could tell me, even people do it now, they'll be like, oh, like this would be cute if you did it in green or if you did a shirt that said this. And so I would probably be like, oh, okay. Like, well, that's what people want. Even if it could be one person that told me that. I would do it and then it wouldn't work. <laughs> but it just comes down to like not having like a clear vision on what you want the brand to right. be. Um, because now people could tell me something, I'm like, oh, okay, like that's fine that you like that, but that's not you know, that doesn't fit right. with the brand or that doesn't fit <laughs> with, you know, my vision. And I think especially when you're new, you're kinda like you wanna do everything because you just want to you want it to work. But that's not always the best thing. Like you need to really have a clear like vision on what your idea is and what your brand is and who um, your customers are because right. otherwise you'll just be doing anything. So that's what the first couple of years of the brand were. And I think that's why it took so long to get here because I was just like doing whatever and it didn't really make sense. And so, like I said, it just comes down to consistency. Once I really got consistent, then things just started to fall in place. I love that you said that about like not listening to mm -hmm. every little thing that you hear. Cause I feel like now with everybody trying something, like there's a lot of quote unquote experts telling us like, look, your audience decides what you put out. Like mm -hmm. your audience is the one who dictates it. But really, especially in the fashion world, I look first, I love that it is a lot more inclusive and I love that social media has made it where we can tell top brands what we're looking for and we can, you know, we have more access to them. We can tell them what we're liking, what we're not liking um, about our customer experience or about the products. I love that. But also on the other end of that, I feel like it's giving people this feeling where they feel like they have the right to dictate every move that you make with your brand or with your business, or even with you on a personal note, like people, um, because it's so accessible now, people will tell you why you don't do this and expect you to just drop your whole vision and just do it how they want you to do it. And it's like, if you want to do it that way, start your brand, like do it. And then you could do whatever you want to do over there. But I feel like there's still something I feel like even with like the gatekeepers and things like that, fashion has always been an industry where there's been gatekeepers. And a lot of people don't like the fact that they're um, not as influential as they once were because there's so many different ways to get into the fashion industry now. But that's something I'm all for. But one thing I always thought was special about fashion is like how there was a time where people were more innovative and creatives were more innovative because they weren't able to just ask people, what do y'all want? Like you had to think outside of the box and you had to create a certain clear vision, like you said, for your brand. And you couldn't just go with, you couldn't just log in log on and ask somebody to take a poll and be like okay I'm gonna do that you had to really get creative and you had to really think from a different place and then that way once you saw that and once you saw that being successful then that's when you got your validation as an artist or as a business person so I love that you said that and I love 
that you even brought that up about just having a clear vision because a lot of people are just going with the where the wind blows like they see somebody else do a design and they copy the right the design you know exactly the way that the other person did it they might change one detail here and then they put it up so that's one thing that I love about your brand is that every piece is unique and I'm looking forward to see what you have coming up so I want to ask you one last question um so do you believe in speaking things into um I definitely think that your like how you talk about stuff um definitely plays a part in your attitude towards it and how the results are so if you're like oh like this is not gonna work then then I think that just shows like that you are doubting yourself and so you probably if you go into it like thinking that it's gonna fail then you're probably not gonna put that same effort into it if you're like okay uh it's a difference between like this is just not gonna work versus you know, I don't know how this is going to work or I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going to try. So I think there's a difference in your attitude towards it. So if you, you know, just automatically think like, well, this is just not going to work, then it's probably not going to work because that means like you're not believing in it yourself. And so you're not going to put in that work to figure it out. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. And I asked you that question specifically because I want to ask you who are three people, and it could be public figures, celebrities, women you look up to, whatever, but who are three people that you would love to see wearing House of Rehab? And I want to ask because this is going to be the marker for when they do wear it, not if, but like when they do wear it, that it'll be here that we said it first and we spoke it into existence on here. So who are three people that you would love to see wearing your brand? I think I've never really thought about it. Um, uh-uh. um, never thought about it <laughs> just like it could be influencers it could be your favorite blogger a musician mm-hmm. anybody I'll tell you people who like so when I'm designing stuff I'll probably try and think of like and I always tell this to people if I'm doing like consultations for their brand I'm always like think of what celebrities you would see like as your target customer because I think that's a little bit easier than to just be like oh my target customer is this random person you can kind of like put a face to it so yeah I'll give you like celebrities that I think would be like my target customer so really like um okay Mackenzie Caldwell Pope she's uh, a basketball wife but she's really funny I love her style okay. um Okay, is she oh, the one with the bangs? bangs? I could be wrong. She is. She's light skinned with the bangs. I don't bangs. think she has bangs, though. No, it's not real. No, I think she just changed oh, okay. her. She might have. <laughs> but um, I really like her style. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Another celebrity. Um, I have to I'm look her up. A musician. Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh-huh. I'll tell you who I could see in it. Okay. The Weedy. I, I could definitely see the Weedy. I like her. Your brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's a fashion girl. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Well, that's something for you to think about. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me today. I know we had some technical difficulties trying to get on here, but thank you for thugging it out with me and getting on here. 
um, you dropped a lot of gems and you just were very um, transparent with your journey. And I really appreciate it. Um, definitely make sure you guys shop House of Rehab. I know y'all are going to love it. I only obsess over brands that like I genuinely like. And House of Rehab, like I said, has something for every kind of woman. So definitely grab something. And before you go, Ashley, just tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Yeah, and um, our website is yeah. houseofrehab.com. And that's also our Instagram. Um, if you search Fashion Made Me Do It on Instagram, we'll also come up that way. Um, but yes, that's where you can shop. And then our Instagram, you can see videos of like different pieces that we have or in different ways to style it as well. Alrighty, I'll let you go and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.